What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you today. A full episode. We are breaking down the NFC West. Both of us have reviews today, so that's going to be fun. Lots of news going down uh, within the NFL and training camps as well as we, excuse me, are another week closer to an NFL season. You're listening to this on Thursday. We are recording the day before Wednesday evening. I believe we're, what, two weeks away, Trees? From opening the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions, my Kansas City Chiefs, versus the Houston Texans. Can't wait for the season to start. Treese is at his vacation home in Utah because what else is there to do in Utah besides just have two houses? So that's what Treese is doing. Glad to see you from your second home, man. It's good to be here. You know, um, we just decided to show up one day. We're just like, wonder what? Let's head south a little bit. Um, it's about a four, four and a half hour drive, so not much. Um, very hot here. It's um, been 105 every single day, and it's dry heat, and so you feel it. Uh, I was sweating last night when I went out to the pool at like 10 o'clock at night. It was still like 90-something degrees. So within the dry heat, though, like, I mean, you get kind of used to it, right? Like, it's not as bad because like the humidity is what's usually killer for me no it's it gets really bad here like the dry heat just it just sucks the life out of you (laughs) so um i think that people that live in dry heat they're like dude dry heat sucks and then people that live in humidity heat say humidity heat sucks it's it's just wherever you live right so um it's you don't get that like sweat like you're just instantly wet feeling that's yeah you do in humidity but you get exact opposite like you're super dry and then like you're like looking forward to sweating to get wet and then <laughs> but then you just don't stop sweating and then it's just that much worse so okay yeah. i guess that makes sense then that's fair that is fair i guess um so within today to start the episode let's go ahead and start with uh let's just kidding just kidding trisivia is what we're going to start with. That's what we're going to start with is Tree Sibia. Let's do it. All right. So I have the leading uh, receiving yard owner against every team, if that makes sense. So opponents that have the most receiving yards in a game against an opponent. Okay. Um, how many people do you think own a single game record against an opponent, um, multiple teams. Like how many players are that hold the most receiving yards against one team? Yeah. Or every team in the NFL. Okay. Um, I'd probably say three or four. It is one. One person owns the record against multiple teams. Um, Who do you think this player is? It's got to be Jerry Rice. It is not Jerry Rice. Wow. Okay. Um, Randy Moss. It is not Randy Moss. Julio Jones. It is Julio Jones. Wow. How many teams? That was going to be my next question to you, sir. <laughs> uh, let's say one, two, there's got to be at least three. Um, say five. Uh, you were right the first time. 
three. It was three. Is the three in the division? It is not the three in the division, actually. Oh, shit. Two of them are in the division. So Panthers and Falcons. No, not Falcons, excuse me. Uh, Panthers and Bucks. Correct. Panthers and Bucks. Okay. And I'm probably going to think it's just some random AFC team. It is an NFC team. It is an NFC team. Hmm. Is it going to be like the Cowboys or the Eagles? No. It is a team that they've had a few very good playoff matches up with. Vikings. Since, no, since uh, Aaron Rodgers has become the starter. Oh, uh, Detroit Lions? No, Green Bay Packers. That's impressive, though. There you go. Um, yeah, pretty impressive, right? So he, against the Panthers, it is 300 on the dot, which I thought was kind of impressive that you could do that, 300 on the dot. Um, against the <laughs> Packers, it's 259, and then with the Bucks, it is 253. Damn. So here's a question for you. Do you know who owns the record against... Your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm honestly not going to have a clue. It is Miles Austin of the Dallas Cowboys. What? Yep. Miles Austin put up 250 yards against you guys back in the day. (laughs) Yikes. Holy when? When, like 2010 or 11? I don't have the year on me. Wow. All right, that's, I mean, I guess props to that guy. He's kind of a name that's forgotten about, honestly. Yeah. He kind of created him, you know, quite quite himself a superstar in Dallas, it felt like. Yeah, yeah, he did for, there was a few years where with him and Dez, and they were, they were really doing stuff. That's right when uh, the Cowboys really kind of took off and were that number one seed with Tony Romo. That's when Tony Romo was thing, so... Uh, a few other, like, funny names on there that you just, like, wouldn't think. Like, Kenny Britt. Do you remember Kenny Britt for the Titans? Yes, like the one season that he had. Yeah, he put up 225 against the Eagles. So, um, just just some crazy I names. feel like I actually remember that game. Um, Jerry Rice only owns it against one team, and that is the Minnesota Vikings at 289 yards. Wow. Nobody else has had a good game against the Vikings? But nope. I mean, that's pretty fucking impressive, though. 289 yards in a single game. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to hurry and do the math here and just figure out who actually has the lowest number. And I think it is. Actually, it is the Cleveland Browns. 200. Nope, sorry. Minnesota Vikings, or sorry, I just said them. San Francisco 49ers, 227 yards. That's the most they've ever given up to a receiver in one game. Huh. That's I'm pretty say it's not. It's not going to be the Browns. I mean, they just give them up to everybody. Like, when you play the Browns, everybody eats. I know, but, like, you're not going to have one player go off against them because everybody on the team gets to eat. That's fair. That is fair. All right. Cool. Well, there we go. That's it. Hey, that was... That was a good one. Quite shocking. Miles Austin. Chiefs, all right. 
Shocking, but I like it. That's a good one. Uh, let's get into around the laces. Second round pick Xavier McKinney has broken his foot today. Uh, I do believe it was the fifth metacarsal on his foot, um, which is you know pretty much where the pinky toe is. That is the bone that he broke. He's expected to be out two to three months. Not something you like to see with the rookie, uh, but with a kid like Xavier McKinney, I believe he's with the Giants, correct? Yes. So the Giants, they would have played him a lot this year. He most likely would have been starting, so they are going to miss that presence back there. Uh, but I am sure that he's going to come in you know, afterwards, probably in the later season, and do well. Uh, David Montgomery, a report came out when I was on my way to lunch that he was carted off the field. Turns out he just strained his groin so much that they were just like, call the cart. You ain't walking off. You're the only shot of us having any chance this year. You're not walking anymore. Like, we're not even risking it. For the record, he ended up walking off the field. <laughs> okay, so I saw the report that he was carted then. No, no, you did. It was a big deal. Like they, For an hour, everybody was talking about how they he was carted off. And then uh, after practice, Nagy was like, no, he didn't get carted off. He walked off. Like Here's the video of him walking to the locker room. That's so silly. Yeah. So. so, so silly. Uh, you go ahead and go ahead with the next one. Uh, Paris Campbell, Colts wide receiver. Uh, has had a pretty dang good training camp, actually, but he is now in concussion protocol. Not because of practice, because he got into a car crash on the way to practice today. Uh, you always hate to see this type of stuff, but yet every year, I feel like there's like two or three of these. Yep. Which, you okay. know, is is sad to say, but I mean, it's understandable. Like you're going to and from practice every day. Uh, you know, you just kind of run along the same schedule. Some people, someone might be running late. You might be running late. Someone makes a mistake. That is why it is called an accident, but glad it's only a concussion and nothing else or nothing more severe. Hopefully the other people that were involved are okay as well. Uh, what are you laughing at me for? Nothing serious except for just brain trauma. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. I'm sorry. He's in right. protocol. He's in protocol. You're, you're right, dude. It's, it could have been much, much worse. I just like – it's just always funny when people go, yeah, it's just a concussion. It's fine. It's not that <laughs> That's why yeah, you just don't want – you just don't want a lot of them, especially playing in the NFL as a professional football player. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. This doesn't help. That is for sure. Nick Bosa uh, has a leg injury, is going to be considered week-to-week. Trees, do you have more news on that or updates? Uh, this is my first time hearing about it, to be honest with you. Today has been a hectic one. I don't want to give excuses, but I have not heard this today. Yeah, uh, not a lot of news to it. It's leg leg hurts, calling him week-to-week because they know what Nick Bosa can do, and there is no need to rush him. Uh, look what they did last year uh, when he was hurt last year and everybody was like, that's why you don't draft a number two overall. Cause he got hurt in college. Um, and then he still went on to win the NFL rookie of the year. Well, he's going to be just fine right now. So get, give his legs a break. He's going to be tearing it up all season. So uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Last week we, or last episode, we talked about Curtis Weaver getting released from the dolphins and saying how it was a little bit of a surprise, even though he was injured. Uh, and the Browns thought the same as we did, and the Browns ended up signing him. So they claimed him off of waivers, so he is now a Cleveland Brown. So good for him there. Um, Lions yesterday go on and cancel practice and stand outside 
the facility with giant signs that say the world can't go on and we won't stay silent. And that is all after the death of Jacob Blake. And just like, that's all I can do, right? Like you, yeah. all you can do is applaud this organization, understand that stuff is so much bigger than football, so much bigger than sports. Go do your silent protest. We'll get into the NBA. I'm sure it's not on our rundown, but I'm sure we're going to get into it here shortly with this topic. But this is amazing. And like when I see all of this, like one, it just makes me so happy that people are doing this. And two, it just makes me also happy that like everything that Colin Kaepernick was doing years ago is now finally coming around and everybody's starting four, to see the point. That four year anniversary is today when he started his protest. It was oh. actually today, four years ago. Uh, so within that, like you love to see the Lions being the first team to do it, the first organization, the first professional sports team to respond uh, to the recent news of um, this kid being shot in the back seven times. The situation could have been handled different. I, it, you don't deserve to be shot in the back seven times. People have their views on it. You know, things could have been done differently. Things could have been listened to better. But seven shots in your back with kids in the car. Uh, is unacceptable. People have to do better. Uh, and within that, the NBA today, uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks, the state of Wisconsin, uh, is where Milwaukee is, of course. And this is where this incident took place. Uh, they are the first team, the first NBA team to just uh, postpone their games. They, you know, they are boycotting games against the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic rejected the opportunity for it to be a forfeit, uh, which is props to them as well. And then the rest of the NBA decided to cancel their games tonight, uh, which would have been the Lakers and the Trailblazers. And then it was also going to be the Houston Rockets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the NBA is canceling games tonight. It is also looking like uh, this is more radio type topic here. What I'm getting into, but we, you know, we're talking sports pretty much, not just football. We're talking world news right here uh, within that. The, the NBA is, you know, looking at the possibility of several games or several days being canceled. Reports are coming out. Players within the bubble are exhausted. Uh, they're tired. They're not doing well. If you just saw Paul George come out this yesterday morning, you're like, yo, I was fighting depression. I didn't even realize it. I was not being serious about my own mental health, and it affected me. Went and talked to a sports psychiatrist. It helped him out. It helped clear his mind, helped him get him on the right track. Comes out and scores 35 points. There's probably a lot of other players in the bubble that need to be, you know, taking the same steps that Paul George did uh, to get yourself in a better mindset. These are tough times. You're away from friends and family. It's difficult. But the way that they are protesting this, it has to be applauded. It has to be appreciated. These are unprecedented times. But at the same time, how else do you want people to protest? This is the best way they can without someone getting pissed off about them for taking a knee. Uh, you know, speaking up in other events, speaking to the media, they're being quiet. They're just not playing the game, and the league is behind them. So you also have to give a huge amount of props to the NBA for doing this and the way they've handled all of these movements, uh, the social injustices uh, that the players have been fighting and discussing. The NBA has handled it perfectly. Like, they need to be applauded over any other professional sports league that there is because the NBA is doing very, very well right now. I would say it's not even just the NBA. I think that it's – I don't think Chris Paul is getting enough credit for everything that he's done for the the NBA PA. Like yep. what he's done is – let's not – like for everybody that's not aware, 
it was like basically his idea to for the bubble. Like it was him and the commissioner talking through this of like how can we do this? He's the one that reached out to all these star players of all these teams and making sure and saying, Hey, you reach out to your team, get back to me. And you saw the videos today. It was as soon as that news broke that the magic went back into their locker room, you could see videos of Chris Paul going into a meeting with Adams and Russell Westbrook and talking to yep. him. Then you could see him leaving that and immediately getting on the phone. You know he's calling his buddy LeBron at that point and saying, hey, we just agreed. Things aren't happening today. Like yep. You know he was probably telling his team, hey, let's get out of here. And, um, and then, sorry, news just broke literally right now that the WNBA just postponed all of their games today as well. So there was yep. reports that they were going to play. And then they were going to stop playing every seven minutes to represent hit, uh, Jacob Blake getting shot seven times. And now they're saying that they just postponed that. And I believe the third baseball game, Mariners and Padres, just got postponed as well. You love it. I mean, everyone's on the same page. Like, yep. this is the best way to handle it. You're not saying anything. You're not taking attention away from anything else. You're just not playing your game. And that's the point, right? It's you're yep. not playing your game because it's a game. Yep. There uh, it is. Even members from the TNT crew were stepping off the stage today. Yes. Um. Kenny, the Jet, yep. stepped off. Yep, he did. I thought that was amazing. Yep. I was going to watch it right before we started recording, but figured we'd get going into this and you know just get to this topic quicker, um, so we can. Because this is something we haven't been able to talk about yet. You know, we haven't we haven't even talked about it off air or not recording. Uh, this is just something that we're talking about right here with you guys uh, as we're recording. Press the record button. So, you know, again, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you are uncomfortable by this or you are upset with it, this is an opportunity for you to go be uncomfortable and learn more. Do your own research. Figure things out on your own. This is the prime time to do it. It's not going to be comfortable. If it was comfortable, we wouldn't have these issues. But these issues are very uncomfortable. And it's sad that it's continued to happen in this day and age. This is the time where this no longer happens. Be a part of the change. Be a part of, you know, understanding what's going on and having those tough conversations because that's what needs to happen. And that's what this is causing. Uh, and that's the point of it. That is the exact point of this. Uh, Teresa, is there anything else you want to add or do you kind of want to get into the heart of the episode now? Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's good, but I, I'm with you. Everybody do your research, do more. Like you can always do more. Um, I can always do more. Like now that we're, now that you're talking about that, I'm like, well, you know what? I could do even more research, um, and do more. Um, I think everybody, not in, not just in the United States and the world, but specifically the United States, because that's where we're living right now. Like we all can do more. Well said. Very, very well said. Today we are reviewing uh, and breaking down the NFC West. There's no easy way to transition from that topic to this one, uh, but this is this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go right into the NFC West. We're going to break down this division. We're going to give you a division winner, a division MVP, what free agents have come into division to make a team better, who's going to have a bigger impact, and then an offensive and defensive rookie of the year for this division. Starting off with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just going to make this quick, sweet, to the point. Kyler Murray has the possibility of having an MVP-type year. 
There are so many options on that offense for him to go to. Receiving, receivers, running backs, the offensive line is better. That defense is studly. The only question I have is just, you know, what is their defense going to be like uh, with Simmons? Like, how much better does he make them in year one? Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, and Isaiah Simmons, holy shit, okay. Patrick Peterson, how are we just going to forget him? Not we, me. But looking at their schedule in their first five games, they play the 49ers, and then they go to Washington. They play the Detroit Lions. Then they play, oh my gosh, reading my own handwriting, uh, Carolina, and then the Jets. Excuse me. Sorry, my handwriting is just super sloppy. Uh, but I have them going 4-1 and one in those games, only losing to the 49ers to open the year. Um, I think they're trying to get everything clicking still, and they're seeing where they're at. 49ers are a pretty much built team. There's nothing really new going on on that defense, on that organization as a whole. Uh, kind of like it is with the with the Arizona Cardinals. I do think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. But I think the 49ers pull out game one, and then the Cardinals just go on a run of four straight. Um, Something we did not have on the rundown. This is my bad. Uh, Buda Baker also got paid yesterday. Becoming oh, got the bank. Yeah, highest paid safety. Uh, $59 million, I believe, is what it was. And pretty impressive for a dude that literally has zero career interceptions. Um, but... He's a stud and well worth oh, the money of everything yeah. he does. So don't be a stat guy there and be like, why? He does a lot of other things. Um, but back to the actual team, I also have them going four and one in the first five and losing week one to the 49ers. Uh, overall, I have them going three and three in their division, and I have them going seven and nine on the season. Ooh. Okay, I'm interested so, to see where you have everyone else before I just go, what the hell? So, I learned my lesson from last episode. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't questioning you because I'm going to end up giving you the same record. I'm be like, all right, I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, next, go ahead and go with the Rams. You go first this time. You want me to go first here? Okay, the Rams. Uh, let's talk about them. So, first off, Hard Knocks was another good episode yesterday, so that's that's always good to see. Uh, this team, uh, they're... I think they're going to be weak at linebacker. I think that they still have skill on the defensive back, even though they are missing guys like Weddle and uh, Roby Coleman. So I do think that will hurt them, but I think that they still have a lot of good things. I think Jalen actually having a offseason with that team and actually being there the whole time, I think that's going to also help him and help his play. Uh, defensive line is still going to be great. Yes, they are missing Dante Fowler Jr., but I still think that they had enough depth on that line that it doesn't affect them as much as as much as the Falcons game. I don't think that equals that that's how much the Rams lost, if that makes sense. Um, from the offensive standpoint, I actually think that they're going to be pretty good. I, I like their offense. I like their wide receivers and I like Jefferson, Van Jefferson, the rookie that they took in the second round. Uh, the big question is, do they run two wide receiver sets or one or sorry, yeah, two wide receiver sets or one. They were known for always running 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers for the longest time. And then last year at the end of the year, they ended up going more to a 12 personnel, two tight ends. And that is when their tight end Higby just went off the final couple of weeks of the season. Um, that's actually when Cooper Cup actually kind of disappeared as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I'm still a believer that golf can get things turned around. Uh, I like Cam Akers. Uh, with him, and you get Henderson another year. It took him a minute to kind of learn the offense, it sounds like. So another year under his belt, I think that they can 
match what Gurley was doing. With all that being said, I have them going three and two in their first five games. I actually had them starting now 0 and two, which I have them losing to the Cowboys opening day, which is the Sunday night game. And then I have them losing in Philadelphia. And then I have them beating the Bills, the Giants, and the Redskins. So um, last week or last episode, we talked about the Bills, right? And you're like, you actually have them winning. And we were talking about the travel time. And I forgot that they played the Eagles week two. I bet they stay on the East Coast for that entire week. I doubt they go to Philadelphia go home, and then fly right back to New York. I Actually, I can almost guarantee you they find a way to stay um, on the East Coast. I mean, I feel like they're a team that's done that before. Um, I'm actually right there with you in the first five games, losing back-to-back to Dallas and Philadelphia uh, and then winning against the Bills, Giants, and the Washington football team. Uh, I do think Goff needs a bounce-back year, but I also think that that's going to be exactly what happens because – The offensive line and the running backs are probably the huge question marks, but there's a positive there with, you know, Cam Akers coming in the building. I think they can, you know, be creative with him in the backfield. The offensive line, though, that is something to kind of just still keep an eye on, on how they handle the pass rush in this conference or this division, excuse me. Uh, But I like and think that this offense could be better without a Brandon Cooks or Todd Gurley. You know, you get Robert Woods, you get Cooper Cup, you get Higby going again, and you get the Reynolds guy. I mean, there's a possibility that this offense is talented in kind of almost every aspect, and they're just fine, and they're continuing to compete at the top of this division. It's just going to be hard to do with the Seahawks and 49ers as well, and then the Cardinals who also reloaded. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they go 9-7. and seven. I wouldn't be surprised if they go 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five. But, that boy, do they have a tough schedule. They do. And I have them going 9-7 and seven with a 2-4 and four record in the division. Damn. Okay. Who do they lose to twice? Seahawks? Uh, 49ers. I think the 49ers match up too well against them. Okay. I think that's actually good. Good. Uh, oh, let me go ahead and roll right into the Seahawks. Definitely one of my teams to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I said that last episode. I just want to say it again. I really do think that's an opportunity. Uh, I like this team a lot. I like Russell Wilson a lot. Looking at this team as a whole, where is the weakness? You might say it's pass rush. If that's the case, please re-sign Jadeveon Clowney then. If you're only getting two or three plays a game, it's a possibility two or three sacks. might be okay. might be just fine. I might push you over the edge. You know, just to get to the Super Bowl and possibly win it. But at the same time, who else do you have as an edge rusher that can be there or be better than Jadeveon Clowney? That's where I don't know. Looking at their first five games, I have them going three and two as well. Uh, they're going to beat the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to beat the New, uh, New England Patriots. They're going to lose to the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to beat the Miami Dolphins. And then they will lose to the Minnesota Vikings. So I have them going three and two. Maybe there's a real strong possibility they go in four and one and beat the Vikings. I don't know why I said they would lose. I'm switching that. They are getting a W against the Vikings. Seahawks are going four and one. Talked myself into that. All right. Um, I'm not letting you steal the Seahawks for your pick. Uh, I've That's been right. That's fair. Yep. For a long time. So I'm not going to let you do that. Uh, but I'm you should. And I'm sorry. I'm, gl- I'm glad you're on board with it, though. Uh, so that we can agree with this all year. 
Uh, I also have them going four and one in the first five, and I actually have them losing to the Vikings. So, but I have them beating the Cowboys. So they start off four and zero, and then they lose to the Vikings. Okay. Um, I have them going four and two in the division. I have them uh, losing to, yeah, splitting. Yep. yep. Sorry. Go ahead. So you have them losing to the 49ers and Rams or Cardinals? Uh, Cardinals. So, no, so I, I have them, so I have them losing to the Cardinals and Rams. They sweep the 49ers. I have them sweeping the 49ers. Wow. Bow, bow, bow. Let's, have, let's hear that explanation, that thought process, Mr. Trees. Uh, I think that those games are always close, and I really have this feeling that this gives me that feeling of when the Niners were on their run and the Seahawks caught up to them and finally beat them in that game. The Richard Sherman, don't put that sorry-ass receiver on me game. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually have that feeling here where – the 49ers keep majority of their team. They lose a few guys. They do replace them, but maybe it's just not as good of a, a replacement. And the Seahawks were younger and up and coming. And I kind of feel like that's how Seattle is right now with their offense, with DK Metcalf, with Carson getting healthy, with Lockett there. Um, so, and their defense adding Jamal um, Adams there. I kind of just think that they end up just winning. And I don't think that they blow those teams out or the Niners out. I think that they both come down to the wire. Again, everybody, let's not forget week 17 last year, the Seahawks were two inches away from winning that division on yep. week 17, last play of the game. Um, I think that they just end up winning those games this year. Um, they, they split them last year, two inches away from just running them out of the building basically there um, and making making the 49ers not have home field advantage. So I have the Seahawks, again, going 4-2 and two in the division, losing one to the Rams, one to the Cardinals, and I have them going 12-4 and four in the division. Since we went with them first before the 49ers, I'll just break the news. They are winning this division. Seattle Seahawks. Are winning the division at 12-4. and four. Look at this guy go, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this guy go. And he and they are your true representative in the NFC. They are. Um, actually, I am about 35 minutes away from Vegas right now. After this, I may just drive over there and hurry and put some bets down. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, you can FaceTime me. Should we just end this right now? Like, should we just end the podcast? Yeah. Let me do the 49ers real fast. <laughs> I can get it done in 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, just give me one second. Hey, I like it, though. Uh, clip that, Riley. Let me go ahead and tell you now. <laughs> clip that explanation, please, and thank you, sir. Appreciate what you're doing for us. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G, I really want to know what your thoughts are on him and this offense and what they can be. The receivers, Brandon Ayuk, DJ, uh, yeah, Debo Samuel, excuse me. Both of them might be injured to start the year. Other than that, who do you have at receiver? Dante Pettis, L.O. freaking L. George Kittle, no matter what your thoughts are on him being the top tight end in the league or not, there's an argument for it, and I definitely see it, and I understand it. Can they go another season with him being the primary target? Honestly, I don't think so. 
I don't know how you can because at some point teams are just going to bracket him and they're going to slow him down and they're going to take it away. And then you have to look at the 49ers and go, can they strictly rely on throwing the ball to the running backs or stick to the running game? I don't know. I think their defense is better than it was last year. I think some of it last year was growing pains, uh, trying to get accustomed to one another, learning how to play together. I think they figure that out. I think they're going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. Bosa gets another year. Our Kinlaw that they just drafted, I think, makes an immediate impact for this team in that defensive line. This is a team that could be Super Bowl bound once again. Like, I think they truly have that opportunity. I am very shocked that teams are still, or fans, not even teams, fans are still hating on Jimmy G that the way they are. But, you know, that just, it is what it is. Uh, the first five games, though, they're playing against the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Jets, the New York Giants. Philadelphia Eagles, and then the Dolphins. I'm having them go 4-1, and one, losing to Philadelphia. All right. Um, my take here. So Jimmy G, I think he actually has a lot better year this year than a lot of people think. I think he kind of rebounds that. And also, stat-wise, I think it's just because this defense takes a step back. Uh, spoiler on the step back thing. Uh, we kind of talked about this last episode that elite defenses – it's very hard to repeat that, and I think that even though this defense is still fantastic, I think it takes a step back. And I'm not saying it's all of a sudden middle-tier defense. I still think it's a top probably eight defense, but it's going to go from number one, number two to you know seven, eight, somewhere in that area, which is going to be now Jimmy G has to step up. I think that the receivers have a lot of receiving yards just because of what are you going to do with those offensive wide receivers? Like you said, Debo, most likely going to be on, put on Pup. He's There's a good chance he misses the first six weeks of the season. And Ayuk, it does sound like he's okay, actually. It sounds like he's going to be fine for week one. But still, he's a rookie. So what, what are you really going to get out of him? Then you're relying, like you said, on guys like Tavon Austin, uh, born like you got guys that are just like they're just guys right like mm -hmm. they, they can make some plays but are they really scaring a defense so do they start clamping down on Kittle um so I have them going five and oh to start the season um talked about how I thought they beat the Eagles last episode so I got to stick to it so I do have them starting out five and oh I have them going three and three in the division and then I have them and that is sweeping the Rams, getting swept by the Seahawks, and then going one and one with the Cardinals. Um, and I'm kind of going back and forth right now on 11 and five or 10 and six. Uh, the game that's giving me the tr most trouble is the Patriots game. It just what? That why that, the Patriots? That defense is so good. I think that the, it can. I think Bill Belichick can probably outsmart Kyle Shanahan. Wow. Wow. Then, then it comes down to just can Cam Newton make a couple big running plays against this defense, right? And, I, and I'm just trying to weigh that. And so right now I do have the 49ers winning that game. So I do have them going 11-5. and five. But it does make me want – to go 10 and six with the Patriots beating. But since I already have it written down, we're going to stick to it for this episode. I have them going 11 and five. So that will put Seahawks winning the division at 12 and four Niners at 11 and five Rams, nine and seven Cardinals, seven and nine. Okay. 
I like it. I do. I love I just love seeing the way your brain just works out like this because it's so so thought out in every single aspect like as it should be but like hearing to get like getting to hear you explain it as well is just so nice. Uh let's get into the awards for the division. Rookies, offense and defense. I have Ayuk for the 49ers and then I have Kenlaw or uh, yeah, I guess I both of them. Excuse me, Ayuk and Kenlaw for the 49ers. Uh, I think are going to be the rookies for this division, and I'm assuming we probably have the same guys. We have the same thing, and I was ho- I was hoping you would be like, I don't want to pick two 49ers, and you were going to go a different route, but um, I do, and maybe it's a little bit of me really wanting them to be the rookies of the year because in our last mock draft we had the 49ers taking both of these guys, so. Yeah. I have this like little bit of prideful thing of like we called it. So like I want them to do well. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually going to change my defensive player because I do not want two 49ers. I want Isaiah Simmons. That's fair. That is fair. I thought about it. I did. Um, and honestly, it's that's probably more realistic, right? Because when you're talking about rookie of the year, that is strictly a stat award. Yes. Right. So um, honestly, you're probably right. I think I think Kinlaw probably makes a bigger difference on his defense, but Simmons wins the award. Yep. And this is just for this division, not the entire league. Correct. So if you're listening, calm down. Uh, biggest person to come into the division uh, outside of it, whether it's a free agent or a trade, I'm going to go trade with the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins. I think he is a, an immediate impact that is helpful for this team uh, within the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Uh, and really just sets him over the top and what that offense can be. Yeah, I love it. So I had him at number two, and maybe this is cheating a little bit, but I have Jalen Ramsey here, and I know he came last year, but it was in the middle of the year, and so this is his first offseason here, kind of like I was talking about there. So I'm going to go with Ramsey. I think that he makes a big difference on this defense that makes them go 9-7. and (laughs) Okay. He's going to be the reason they go 9 or 7. They're going to be really good. <laughs> I mean, without Jalen Ramsey, they could be easily a 6-win team. He's I going just... to help shut down. I mean, he has a history of shutting down Hopkins. Um, and then what other wide receivers are in this division? That's a good point. That's a good point. Touche. Touche, sir. Uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, though. Uh, speaking of those guys on that team, uh, the winner of the division for me as well is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is just going to be a tear on this year, and he's the one that wins MVP for the division as well. Sorry, Russell Wilson? Yes. Okay, same thing. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Um, we got a couple more weeks before we have to do ours, but uh, I would say Russell Wilson is my front runner right now for uh, MVP. Ooh, Okay. We'll see. We'll see what changes in the next two weeks. But right now, he he for sure is. Um, what about a player or something that does a step back for you in this division? A player that takes a step back. Um, Group, right? Because I'm choosing the 49ers defense, for example. I think that they are just not as elite as they were. I hate us. I hate us sometimes. Uh, I'm going to say takes a step back. I mean, really though, that, that kind of might be the only answer. Cause 
they won the division, you know, and the, the other teams in the division got better this offseason or have an opportunity to be better uh, than the 49ers since they were just the ones that won. Uh, I think it's just going to be the 49ers as a whole. You know, I think teams are kind of looking at it like, all right, we don't have anything to be as scared of. We understand how to get to Jimmy G. We understand how to control Jimmy G. But that defense, I'm wondering if there's some weaknesses that can be found in there after what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl uh, late in the game to kind of make a difference throughout it throughout the year. Yeah, I given I still do think that G, or offenses do find ways to pick apart, but I mean you got to have a Patrick Mahomes to do that type of stuff, and uh, yes, sir. There's only one of those. So um, yes, sir. All right, cool. So just a reminder for everybody, we are going to be doing a Madden 21 PS4 league. So we posted on Twitter. Be sure to respond. DM us if you are interested. I believe we're up to 10 or 11 spots are filled right now. So we got about two-thirds of the league left. Um, Again, it is going to be uh, a one-week advance. So every Monday night after the Monday night football game, we will advance it. And then you have a full seven days to play your game. You literally just have to play one game a week. If you're playing a human, we have a Slack channel. You're just going to message that person and say, hey, what time do you want to play? And then you guys figure out a time to get online and you play each other. It's a lot of fun. Again, we we had to do it just because that's how Austin and I met. Heart. Yeah. Heart. This is the reason for talking football. Heart you. Heart you. Um, it really is, though. So um, it's it's an awesome time. We, we want to play all you guys, so please join. Uh, Austin and I got in a little bit of a tiff the other day because we were calling who who was going to be each team, and I called the Chiefs before he could, and so he tried to yes. act like he wasn't mad, and then he was like, it's <laughs> fine, I'll be the Cowboys. And then I was like, no, you can have them, it's fine. And then that was it. <laughs> Just uh, trying to make a drive to Kansas City. And there go the Chiefs. <laughs> and there they go. So, uh, no, he will be supporting the Chiefs there. Uh, I will not be supporting the Jaguars, so uh, just a heads up there. And uh, I think that does it for tonight. So, again, join that league. Just message us on Twitter. We look forward to it. Uh, be sure to follow us, uh, myself, at Justin Trees, Austin at AustinCham33 on Twitter. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, that does it. You guys all enjoy your weekends. I have my fantasy football draft this weekend, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, next week, after we do the AFC West, we will be doing a full fantasy episode because the following week is National Draft Weekend. Uh, it is when the most drafts happen, so we want to give you guys our takes on fantasy information. So we'll be sure to do that next next week. Again, we, we love you all, and tonight we've been talking football. 